Welcome to OhiCast, where we pull back the curtain to take a sneak peek at the upcoming 76th Ojai Music Festival, taking place June 9th to 12th in the beautiful Ojai Valley, California. All are welcome here, from newcomers to longtime music fans. In-depth insights and special guests will help introduce this year's programming and whet your musical appetites for what's to come. I'm your host, Emily Praetorius, and this is OhiCast. Let the weekend begin! In this episode, we'll look at Saturday's program, which is Quintessential Ojai Music Festival. We've got morning meditation, dance theater, Bach reimagined, and three premieres of some of today's most exciting composers, Matthew O'Coin, Carolyn Chen, and Andrew McIntosh. Today, we'll hear more from flutist Emmy Ferguson, as well as a muck violinist Miranda Cookson about Saturday's kaleidoscopic Bach program. And we'll also hear from a muck co-founder and composer, Matthew O'Coin, who will share a bit about the premiere of his communal piece, Family Dinner. But before all of this excitement, the day will start with a free 9 a.m. concert at Chaparral Auditorium, where a muck cellist, Jay Campbell, will play Catherine Lamb's deeply meditative piece, Cross Collapse. This 40-minute piece for cello and electronic oscillators is an expansive and gradual evolution of steady tones whose shifting pitches interact with each other to create emergent harmonies, sonic beatings, and rich timbral layers. It's a sound world that always puts me into a profound state of calm and presence, the perfect way to ground yourself on a Saturday morning. Here's about a minute-long sample of Cross Collapse so you can get a taste of what I'm talking about. That was an excerpt of Catherine Lamb's beautiful piece, Cross Collapse, which will really ground us and set the stage for the following concert at Libby Bowl. This following 11 a.m. program is called About Bach. Not exactly a Bach concert, but a concert of reimagined Bach pieces. I spoke with violinist Miranda Cuxon, who was fresh out of an amok rehearsal herself, and Matthew Coyne about this Bach-inspired program. We'll hear some of what they have to say about the works being played, and then a couple of excerpts from Cassandra Miller's piece about Bach and Reiko Futing's piece, Tons Tons. I was just thinking about this this Saturday morning Bach concert, um, which is kind of right in the middle of the festival. And I thought maybe it'd be nice if you, maybe both of you, if you didn't mind talking about sort of just overall this dialogue between, you know, old music and new music and how that how that works for you guys individually you know as composers and musicians um curators yeah um yeah well we're very excited about that uh program um as you mentioned i think all of us really have a have a kind of um equal sort of like uh, love and and a fascination with both the old and new and uh, we're um 
always seeking ways to connect them and have things in dialogue. Uh, so this program is a, a definite example of that. Um, the program is called About Bach, um, and that comes from a, the title of one of the works, which is Cassandra Miller's String Quartet. But it's a good uh, title yes. <laughs> for the program because it's, it's um, you know, Bach is, of course, um, you know, a staple for all of us, uh, a composer that we return to again and again, if not daily, really. Um, and this program is uh, featuring uh, me and Kirko Gwilt, who's the other um, violinist in the program, um, and Emmy Ferguson, uh, our flutist, and certainly Bach is like very, very big for all of us. About Bach uh, in this program really, uh, really means not just you know our modern interpretations of playing his music, but actually like modern reimaginings of of his music um, and creating new new things uh, from it. So I guess actually I don't even remember the exact sequence of how things fell into place in the <laughs> program, but it kind of comes from on the one hand, Emmy uh, has this project, um, actually an album, with Ruckus, um, our kind of partner uh, group, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> um, right. which is called Fly the Coop, which is a kind of reimaginings of Bach sonatas and preludes. Um, and um, it's very much their own, yeah, their own kind of take and, and like newly creating that music. Um, and then Kira and I have been in in a, in a mock production called With Care, which we're actually about to perform tomorrow. <laughs> right, you guys uh, just had a rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, just, just came from it. Um, yeah. And in that piece, actually, two of the musical works that are in it are the Bach Chacon and uh, the piece by Reiko Futing, which I'm going to play in this called Tanz Tanz. Um, and Tanz Tanz is a piece that is, yeah, taking material from the Chacon. Um, and so we thought of doing both of those pieces. And then uh, in our discussions, we decided uh, rather than having the Chacon itself in this program to have another contemporary take on uh, that music. So we, uh, um, yeah, we both knew of Cassandra Miller's string quartet about Bach. So, so now we have these two um, very modern, uh, views on the music and they're yeah they're both amazing works I'm very excited to be doing both of them um, Raiko's Tanz Tanz is a piece that takes um, both some little fragments from the Chacon itself as well as some uh, chorale tunes that uh, a German scholar named Helga Tuna uh, did a study some years ago um, and um, her thesis was that that these uh, chorale tunes are sort of embedded in in the Chacon itself, and they're seen as kind of um, uh, kind of memorial references to the passing of his first wife, Maria Barbara, who passed away at that time. And the Chacon is seen in this view as this tremendous outpouring of grief at her passing it's very convincing to me but um anyway so he actually takes some of those chorale tunes um and spins it all out into a very much his own kind of um sound world and uh 
yeah, it's it's uh, it takes that material into it totally other place. And yeah, very kind of like feverish, feverish, ghostly kind of piece. Um, and then the Cassandra Miller, um, it's similar in that she also took a fragment of the Chacon, uh that was uh, she actually took a recording of a friend of hers of this bit and analyzed exactly how he had played it in terms of his timings and and. Um, even the, some of the sounds he got out of his instrument and then used that to construct her piece and she kind of reharmonized. Um, and uh, so it kind of has some of the voices of the, of the string quartet playing these uh, kind of reconfigurations of that. She actually used a computer program to kind of spin out these variations. And then there's this kind of stratospherically high violin line that keeps climbing on the top. Um, so it has a kind of very mesmerizing quality, like, which to me, actually, it also evokes Bach really well. And, you know, some, I mean, Bach is so many things, but one thing is also this kind of wonder at the kind of the, the way the, the craft and the mechanism of his music. It's like watching some like wondrous thing in nature or something. Um, and her piece is also like that. It's like you're um, just seeing these like little changes happening over time, and you're just kind of fascinated, but sort of very calm, also. Um, yeah. So um, I, they. I have to say, uh, when I I hadn't heard her piece before, and I had heard uh, Reiko Futing's piece before, and mm -hmm. when I I listened to hers, I thought this is such an unbelievable pairing. <laughs> they fit perfectly. Yeah, the feeling of, here. back to back. Yeah, and the this sort of ethereal quality and and spinning out, but in two different ways, you know, it's a really brilliant curation. I thought, <laughs> yeah. You know, it occurs to me that in the five years that we've been a company, it's almost become a running joke that, especially pieces that have dance, always end up having the chacon in them. Um, it's almost like we've, we've tried to make a piece that doesn't have fun yet, and we've sort of failed. But always feeling necessary. Um, so there's <laughs> kind of this wonderful irony in the fact that the About Bach program will not have the Chacon in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Multiple pieces that actually are about the Chacon, about in the sense of kind of encircling it or in orbit of it is a lovely kind of double meaning of about in this, in this case. Thank you. 
Those were excerpts from the pieces About Bach and Tanz Tanz, both of which will be played on the 11am program Saturday at Libby Bowl. This concert will also include another joint performance of both Amok and Ruckus, the Baroque ensemble joining Amok throughout the festival this year. Together, Amok and Ruckus will play some wild renditions of Bach sonatas and preludes. Here's flutist Emmy Ferguson giving us some background about the set, followed by a quick preview of just what exactly this is all about. The About Bach concert that will be Saturday morning, and I believe you and Ruckus are going to be playing some Bach, but this will not be your grandmother's Bach. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends how you know how much fun your grandma likes. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> yeah. No, this is um, a collaboration that that has. Uh, we've we've had for a few years now and and the members of ruckus and i sort of go back a really long time we've all worked on lots of different projects together and in 2018 um i was thinking about how i wanted to record some of the bach flute sonatas of which there are six three obligato and three continuo uh but you know i didn't want to do it they've been recorded beautifully by so many um, so I was like, how do I do it in a way that feels like I'm bringing something new to the table and something worth, you know, recording and putting out there to the table. And so I, I can't, had this idea. I want to, I want to do something where I create more color, um, than you often get with just like a flute and harpsichord texture. And at the time that I was thinking about all of this, Clay um, was actually staying with me in New York. And I, I was like, well, duh. This would be perfect to do with Ruckus um, because Ruckus is a continual band. And what that means is that they are sort of an improvising Baroque ensemble, all playing low bass instruments. So what Bach wrote was a flute line um, on the top and he wrote all, well, most of the notes out for me. Sometimes I add some extra ones in. Um, and then the bass line underneath is um, just a single line of notes with figured bass. So these little numbers that tell the continual players what harmony to elaborate on that baseline with. So we have harpsichord, we have cello, we have bass, we have two guitars, one playing theorbo, one playing baroque guitar, and we have baroque bassoon. And um, you'll see like baroque bassoon and the cello will mostly just play that, that baseline that Bach wrote because they, you know, can only play really one note at a time. <laughs> but you'll hear our harpsichord player, Elliot Fig, um, our two guitarists, um, really adding a lot of texture um, and a lot of other things to the harmony based on sort of what Bach set forth in the same way that um, like our jazz rhythm section might do with a set of chord changes, sort of smaller um, approach. So uh, what these, all of these different instruments also allows is us to really think about um, orchestration and bringing sort of light and showing um, just how amazing Bach's writing is 
um, in new ways. I've always loved rearranging Bach. Um, it's music that really stands being pushed and pulled in so uh -huh. many because the foundation the architecture is so, um, so strong. It, yes. it, it can it's so have perfect. a crazy put on it. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and yet the sort of the heart of it is still there. So um, I, had so much fun doing that with ruckus and these three pieces that I've played since I was, I don't know, seven or eight. Um, but now see in a completely different light because of the incredible sort of rich kaleidoscopic sound that we're able to achieve by, by doing these orchestrations and really exploding that um, baseline into a million different colors to hopefully show you um, a unique perspective on what, what you can do with the incredible architecture that Bach gives us. If that doesn't make you want to get up and dance, I don't know what will. This Bach concert is going to be such a treat on Saturday morning, especially surrounded by the chattering of those Libby Bowl birds and that buzzing energy of a weekend in Libby Park. This energy is really going to carry us into two afternoon dance pieces, both world premieres at Zalk Theater of Besson Hill School. The 2.30 show presents How to Fall Apart by Carolyn Chen. This piece began with her own variations of the shape note hymn Wondrous Love and evolved collaboratively in a muck-like fashion into a piece that incorporates text and movement. It's going to be a truly moving reflection on the human processes of disintegration, aging, and falling apart. The second Zalk Theater premiere at 4.30 will be a dance theater piece entitled The Cello Player. As another collaborative work, the cello player brings its creator's own personal stories to the stage in a poetic representation of the messiness and complexities of human relationships. Our final concert for the day will be, of course, the 8 p.m. Libby Bowl concert. There will be two pieces on this evening's concert, the first of which is a striking and poignant piece called Little Jimmy by Andrew McIntosh. This piece, which is for two pianos and two percussionists, pulls sonically from the opposites of sparseness and fullness, heaviness and delicateness, and darkness and light. Here's a sample for you to hear what I mean. was an excerpt of Little Jimmy by Andrew McIntosh. As you can hear, there's a feeling of stark vastness in this piece, which will persist throughout in both intense and meditative ways. This will be a beautiful one to experience live, especially in the hushed evening air beneath the broadness of those Ojai oak trees.
The second half of the concert will be a world premiere of Amok co-founder, composer, and pianist Matthew O'Coin. His piece, entitled Family Dinner, will be a coming together of Amok, both literally and figuratively, to finish off our Saturday. Here's Matthew and Miranda joining us again to explain. Matt, your new piece, yeah. Uh, this will be on, let's see, Saturday evening, the family dinner. And uh, I know there's sort of a bit of a history about about this uh, piece. And you guys actually have a sort of family group dinner. Is this true? Yeah, pretty much every summer um, we've we've gathered for residencies in, in Vermont where uh, both Zach Winokur and I um, live. Uh, and uh, rehearsals are intense and, and the days are long, but dinner is kind of a central ritual. So we, we thought, how, how might we make a piece that, that, that could capture something that kind of raucous energy um, uh, and, and kind of inviting energy as well um, at the festival? Um, and in a way, uh, it's kind of the piece that I've always wanted to, to write for Amok, um, in that it's a series of kind of mini concertos. Some of them are not so mini, actually. Some of them have become pretty sprawling. And Kier's movement is like 600 measures long. It's, it's, um, it, it arises out of this tradition of, of there being little spontaneous performances in between courses um, at these dinners that, that uh, whoever has been working on something might uh, perform it for the group or we might go into the barn and, and hear a bit of, of what someone's working on. Um, so it's a, it's a bunch of those movements um, and there are spoken toasts, or at least I'm calling them toasts, in between some of the movements. Um, and I wanted to take the idea of the toast uh, in a very broad sense of kind of uh, these little punctuations over the course of a multi-movement piece where, where someone might stand up and say, uh, really whatever is on their mind. I mean, a toast can be a toast to something or to someone, um, but it can also be a kind of expression of of hope or of, of something you want to see in the world. I mean, I, I've learned a bit about in some cultures, like in, in Georgian culture, uh, you know, toasts are a big thing. Toasts, toasts are a very kind of gesture. Um, and and we've actually um, commissioned these toasts from some some uh, beloved collaborators, um, writers like uh, my friend Sarah Rule, the playwright, and the writer Ben Lerner, um, Arthur Z, who is is a poet uh, who is also um, featured in Anthony Chung's new piece. Um, Arthur will be will be present at the festival, so he'll actually read his toast from the stage. Um, so, you know, I hope it feels very uh, varied and multifaceted. The, the one thing I'll, I'll say about composing the piece is, you know, you, you never write the piece that you expected to write. And of course, fact, some of these movements um, uh, don't feel all that celebratory <laughs> or raucous or, or dinner-like. They, they go in very different directions, um, in part depending on yeah, depending on the musical materials. Um, so I think it'll feel more like a, a sequence of pieces rather than a single piece. And I'm, I'm assuming then, Miranda, you'll have your own mini concerto in this piece as well. Yeah. And yeah. so obviously you all know each other so well and have collaborate together all the time. Um, but for this specific piece, was there any sort of uh, extra back and forth or any kind of, what was the insight into that? that process, if you might share with uh, the listeners? Um, well, I, I think um, 
I mean, it's interesting having this piece from Matt at this time because he mentioned like we've had five years of working together. Some of us knew each other before more than others, you know, we've, so we've all been developing our relationships and, and getting to collaborate in different ways. So it's, it's, um, it's really neat now, first of all, like Matt kind of having his sort of, um, yeah, like how he's choosing to, to write for all of us. And, and, um, there's also like, as with gathering for dinner, there's a really nice feeling of like all of us meeting and coming together in the, in this piece, you know, we all, of course are constantly like branching off into different groups to work on projects. So there's a really like festive kind of feeling like here we all are, this is our, our family, you know? Um, yeah. And I'm excited. I have a, I have a double concerto movement from Matt here, uh, my, uh, partner violinist in Amok. And, um, yeah, we're very excited. Uh, we just got it delivered recently. Yeah, the music is ah. only so there, there's not delivering in parts. Uh, yeah, this is definitely being delivered in. <laughs> this sounds like it's going to be a thoroughly engaging piece to experience, and one that will certainly be showcasing again the talent and communal spirit of Amok. Family dinner will really round off a day full of pieces that I think will bring us closer to the members of Amok and also to each other, just through the intimacy and collaborative nature of the day's programming. So come join us for a day of communal musical experience on Saturday, June 11th at the Ojai Music Festival in beautiful Ojai, California. Can't wait to see you there. Thank you for listening to OhiCast, the podcast that takes a sneak peek at the year's Ojai Music Festival. For more information, you can visit ojaifestival.org and you can follow us on social media at, at @ojaifestivals. This podcast was written and produced by Emily Pretorius with audio engineer Louis Ng. I think I'm especially excited um, to bring the the work of Carolyn Chen Tosh to the festival, um, just because both Carolyn and Andrew are LA-based composers, um, and uh, I'm not, you know, the festival historian, so I might be wrong, but I, I don't think their work has has appeared at the festival before. I'm more sure about that with Andrew's work than I am with with Carolyn's, um, but I think they're they're two of Southern California most distinctive musicians, um, I think. And, and somehow their work in, in very different ways, I think owes a lot to certain aspects of life in Southern California. Yeah, I think i um, excited about this whole idea of us being a, a collective um, collective en entity and collective curator and, and being interdisciplinary. So I think it's uh, just gives a very particular kind of... Um, creates a particular kind of experience for the, the festival, just this um, sense of all of us being involved every day and, and in different places and in different combinations and yeah, and different ways of involving movement and dance and, and words um, and music. It's just very rich and just this continually changing kind of experience, but also the continuity of all of us being there doing things for four days. I just think that's a really, a really cool kind of thing to be doing. <laughs>